0: Welcome back to day two of our look together through the book of Philemon. We're seeing together through this book how you and I can confront someone in a difficult situation. And we talked yesterday about where you begin. You begin by applauding the positive. Two specific things Paul taught us to do. You want to pray for the other person, you thank God for the other person. If you have something difficult to confront, make sure you go in with a spirit of thanksgiving and prayer for that other person. That, more than anything else, That is gonna set up the situation for a successful conversation. But it can't stop there. You have to go to the next step. The next step is you appeal with wisdom. First, you applaud the positive. Second, you appeal with wisdom. In verses eight to 10, here's what Paul does. He says to Philemon, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus who became my son while I was in chains. He appeals to Philemon for Onesimus. Now who is Onesimus? What is this conflict that they have with one another? Onesimus, we're going to find as we go through the rest of the book, is a runaway slave. He'd run away from his slavery in the household of Philemon. And somehow he'd met Paul while Paul's in Rome, and he'd been led to Christ by Paul while in Rome. Maybe maybe Onesimus had been sent to Paul by Philemon in some act of service, but then he had decided to stay there and become a runaway slave. Maybe somehow they had accidentally met in Rome. Wouldn't that have been miraculous? However it had happened, they had met with one another, and this runaway slave is going to be sent back to Philemon. And in being sent back, Paul is appealing to he's appealing for something different to happen. You see, slavery in the Roman Empire was an ugly thing. In these days, there were 120 million people in the Roman Empire, and one half to three quarters of them were slaves. Now, it wasn't slavery in the terms of how we have slavery today in many places where it is a forced slavery based on your, based on your heritage, based on the country that you grew up in or the color of your skin. Much of the slavery in this day, some of it was based on the capture of foreign powers, but much in this day was based on finances. People ran out of money, and then they had to indebt themselves to someone else, and they never got out of it. For the rest of their lives, they were slaves. There is a story in ancient Rome of 2,000 lords who owned 1.3 million slaves. One of the horrible things about slavery was in Rome was that one held the power of death over a runaway slave. There's a story in AD 61 about the time that Philemon was written of a Roman senator who was murdered by one of his slaves. And legally, all 400 of his slaves were put to death. This is the culture into which this was written. And Paul is writing into this culture, Onesimus, a runaway slave. He's going to go back to see Philemon again. And legally, he could have had him put to death because he was a runaway. Paul is writing to say, no, things have to be changed. Things have to be changed. We have to live in a different way because now we know Christ. So what does he say to do? How do you begin to appeal with wisdom? Paul does three things here. Number one, let's, let's say it by ABC. A, ask, don't tell. B, be humble. C, clarify the situation. That's how you appeal with wisdom. A, ask, don't tell. Paul writes and he says, as, as an apostle, I could order you to do this based on the command of Jesus Christ. Instead, I'm appealing on the basis of love. You don't tell people what to do you must do this because of this. You can almost see your hand waving your fist in front of their face or your finger in their face. You don't tell them. You like? Do you like it when somebody tells you what to do? Of course not. It, it forces you to go the opposite direction. When it's said offensively, it is always received defensively. So you ask. Orders are for drive-up windows. Appeals are for people. I hope you talk differently to people than you might talk to that little box at a drive-in window. I want this, I want this, I want this. In fact, I even hope sometimes you talk differently to the box at the drive-up window. You can never force a relationship to work. You can never force someone to choose how you want them to choose. The truth is people have the freedom to choose, so you have to recognize that they have that freedom. And Paul does that. He asks, he doesn't tell. I don't want to do anything without your consent, he says. So he says, I appeal to you on the basis of love. B, you ask, you don't tell. B, you be humble. Paul says, I'm just, I'm just an old man. I'm a, I'm a prisoner. Now, as I read that, I think, what could he have said? I am an apostle of God in Jesus Christ. I have suffered for Christ, and he could have made the list. He, he did in other places in the Bible for different reasons. I have. I have brought the church of Jesus Christ, the message of Christ, into being in Galatia, in Ephesus, in Corinth. He could have made the list. And in fact, in Colossae, where you live, look at what God did through my life. Think of what he could have said. But instead he says, an old man, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here is that I'm just appealing to you personally, just based on who I am. It's a reminder to you and I that when you talk to someone in a confrontation, it's always better to speak as a fellow struggler because you are. We all struggle in this world. We're bearing one another's burdens. We're not judging one another's faults. We're not adding to one another's load. So Paul just says, I'm Paul. I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I'm an old man. And humbly, I want to ask you for something. A, ask, don't tell. B, be humble. And C, clarify the situation. This is how you appeal with wisdom. You clarify the situation. You would be amazed at how important this is. The reason you're disagreeing is you're seeing it from different perspectives, entirely different perspectives. And a few moments of stating how the situation looks to you can reap incredible rewards in your communication. Not telling people how it should look to them, but stating how it looks to you. So instead of using language that says, you should see it this way and you should see it this way, you use language that says, this is how I see it. As we walk through this, we're going to walk through part of this today and part of it tomorrow. It's so important. As you clarify the situation, the first thing you have to do is you have to clarify the question, what's your perspective? It's amazing how how one word or phrase can change your entire worldview. I remember hearing the story a while back uh, of a large statue, of the large statue for Christ that was erected high in the Andes, Christ of the Andes, a statue that was there to symbolize a pledge between the two countries of Argentina and Chile, that as long as the statue stands, there's a peace between Chile and Argentina. Shortly after that statue was built, the Chileans began to protest because they had been slighted. They realized that the statue had its back turned to Chile. Jesus had his face turned towards the Argentines. So the temper started to go up, but then there was a newspaper man that saved the day. In an editorial that not only satisfied the people, but also made them laugh, he said, Well, the people of Argentina, the the face of Jesus is towards the people of Argentina because they need more watching over than the people of Chile. Somehow just getting people to laugh, getting a different perspective can change everything. And Paul does that in these verses. He does it with one word. He does it with one word in verse 10. I appeal to you, he says, for my son Onesimus. That's the word. That's the new perspective. My son Onesimus. Not your slave, Onesimus, my son. Paul saw Onesimus, he's saying here, not as a runaway slave, but as a new Christian, because that's who he is. He was his son in the faith. They are brothers now in Christ. And so the perspective changes. All of a sudden, there is a new way of seeing things. You clarify the situation. The perspective here is, is Onesimus deserving of death, or is he needing encouragement? In his new life. One commentator says, this is the appeal of a brother to a brother on behalf of a brother. That was Paul's perspective. and he begins to help Philemon to have that perspective by just using that one word. He is he is my son. He's using a word that reflects the new truth that's in their lives. So where in your life right now are you dealing with a conflict? Where do you need to have a conversation? You appeal with wisdom. You can change right now. If you feel like I've been doing it all wrong, you can change right now. It'll change. It begin to change everything. You ask, you don't tell. Where do you need to do that? Be humble. How could you express that? Clarify the situation. You begin by getting a new perspective. Tomorrow we're gonna talk together about how you continue to appeal with wisdom. But today, as we close, I wanna end by uh, beginning this, this process of changing a conversation through the power of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for someone right now who has a difficult confrontation in front of them, a relationship that's not going right. God, I pray that you would give courage and wisdom. Lord, we think we know the right words. We don't always know the right words. So help us, strengthen us to know how to say it, but also give us courage. I pray that faith and not fear would lead the way in our lives. And we pray it, we pray it, Jesus, in your name. Amen.